0: You're listening to the Real Estate Insider Podcast, a bold look at reality, news, analysis,
1: strategies, and opinions direct from the veteran team at the RAIN Research
0: Institute with today's host, real estate strategist, Russell Westcott. Hi, my name is Russell Westcott with the Real Estate Investment Network, and this is Building Real Estate Wealth the Rainway. The interview series for sharing the the behind-the-scenes stories for real estate investing success. This interview series is designed to provide you with the detailed insights, strategies, and inspiration to create a lasting legacy of financial independence. I'm glad you're here, and once again, it's time to build your real estate wealth. Today, my special guest is Nishal Ram. If you've ever had the I don't have any money to invest in real estate reason to not start, you need to hear this amazing story. From humble beginnings of coming to Canada as a refugee 13 years ago with not a dollar in his pocket to now building a portfolio of more than 162 units. This is one of the most inspirational stories of perseverance and doing whatever it takes to make your dreams come true that you will hear. Truly, there are no excuses when it comes to becoming successful in real estate. You were in for a special treat. Enjoy this unbelievable story with Nishal Ram. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Russell Westcott from the Real Estate Investment Network. Welcome back to the next interview of the Building Real Estate Wealth interview series. You know what? Just recently uh, came across a post on our incredible forum, our My Rain space, and it was a story about a gentleman who was – putting in his notice and he was going to have his last day on the job and I just was so inspired after reading that uh, post I actually almost I started welling up and almost had a little tear in my eye it was so inspiring so you know what there's been an article featured about him but I wanted to get him on this uh, recording and I just wanted to dive into the story so without any further delay ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the line Nishal Ram. Nishal how are you doing today? I'm doing super fantastic, Russell. How are you? I'm fantastic myself. I love that. You added in a super fantastic into there. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> so, Nishal, I know uh, we, we, there's been a blog post and and you've been featured in the Rain Life uh, magazine and some things like that, but I don't think everybody has probably had the... Um, pleasure of of reading your story or, or feeling or, or hearing um, the details of that. So before we get into the background of your story, maybe just for everyone on the line, if you can just um, give them a little bit of context about your real estate, uh, how much uh, or how many properties you own, where you own them and how long you've been investing in. And then we'll take a dive back into your story.
1: Okay, sure. I own... Uh... 152 units uh, as of today in Timmins, and that's where most of our properties are. And my focus is mostly in multifamily buildings right now, about 10 units or more. So that's what my, my focus is, and that's where I'm investing
0: right now. So multifamily, meaning like apartment buildings, in Timmins, Ontario. Exactly. And you live? You don't live out there, do you? Where do you live? I live in
1: Surrey, BC. Actually, I never heard of Timmins. And uh, it came later back when I was in town, when I saw the signs of Shania Twain. Then I figured out that's where Shania, Shania Twain is from. And but it wasn't for Shania Twain, I went to Timmins, it was for the numbers and the properties which was on the market.
0: So, so is that the first tip you want to share with everyone is wherever Shania Twain is from, we invest there? Is that <laughs> <laughs> No, we're going to get into that conversation shortly about why you picked some of the areas that you did. But to take a step back, I think there's an incredible story here that people need to hear is um, you weren't born and raised here in Canada. And when you, you came here, you didn't have a silver spoon in your mouth and you didn't have, you know, millions of dollars at your are in, in the bank account. Maybe if you can just give people a perspective of where you've come from and uh, and to lead up to your 151 properties.
1: Sure. Thanks, uh, Russell. Uh actually, I am from Fiji, and it is way in the South Pacific. Uh, it takes about 18 hours to fly there by plane. And if you don't know where Fiji is, it is between Australia and uh, New Zealand. So I came here as a political refugee in 2000, leaving my family behind because things were not so great in Fiji. And I had an aunt here in Canada, so she said, just come down here and uh, you might have a great future. So that's what I did.
0: What does a political refugee mean exactly?
1: Uh, that's when the legal, the elected government is kind of taken over by the army, and uh, the whole country is run by by military. And uh, Fiji is kind of multiracial, so it is mostly owned by the Indo-Fijians, the and uh, they're giving people of uh, Indian background a really hard time, like burning their houses and getting them to move around. So it was really tough. And uh, it kept on happening for like a few years, and that's when I decided to move on.
0: So you literally packed up shop and left without your family. What was, uh, were, you, were you married? Did you have children? What, uh, what did your family look like at that time? Uh, no, I was only 25 years old, Okay,
1: never married. And uh, my family just wanted me to move on and not suffer with them and have a better life. So that's what made me move.
0: So you left Fiji, and you you and you had an, Was it an auntie that you said that lived here in uh, in BC? Yes, yeah. So she lived in
1: Vanninby, and I stayed with her uh, when I came. And the thing is, I couldn't work when I came here because uh, I had no legal paperwork, and it was very tough at first because with no money, no friends, uh, family still in Fiji, and I was just worried sick about them because. Uh, uh, our, our home in, uh, in, in Fiji was firebombed and the family was out of place. And they were struggling too, so that was uh, really tough. And coming here from a small country, it was a huge culture shock as well because uh, unlike Fiji, like you kind of know everyone. And here, like when I would go out of the house, the neighbors won't even say hi to you. So so that was something new for me. And I even like felt like a prisoner again uh, living here with my aunt in seclusion because they would be... At work all day long, and I would be at home, almost doing nothing. So that was really tough. I, I,
0: I can't imagine what that would be like. Cause, you know obviously you you, it was far worse staying in the situation that you were in than to just have to pick up and come to a new country. Had you ever had you ever been to Canada before? Uh...
1: No, this, that was it, it. Was my very first time coming to Canada. And uh, I stayed with her for about five months, and it was just mentally draining me. And uh, I thought I'm, I'd be better just going back to Fiji, being with my family, than just being here and letting them suffer. So my aunt, she convinced me to stay and suggested I should get married uh, so I could get some company and at least uh, get my life going here and then going back in the mess.
0: So when was this? When was this that you did make that move over here?
1: Uh, it was in 2000, and then it was in December. Uh, actually, in November, I decided to go back, and then she told me, no, no, it's better for you just to get married and start your life here.
0: Okay, so you've been here now 16 years. Um so you decided, uh, marriage was the route to go. And <laughs> since you, did, <coughs> when you did come here, you, you didn't have any, anybody in mind, I imagine. Did you, did you need to get married in order to, to stay, uh, in the country and get citizenship? Is that how it worked or what was the plan there?
1: No, uh, my federal work was going through, uh, the immigration. So it was taking time. And, uh, like I was so mentally drained, I just wanted to go back and, uh, just be with my family. It was, it was like really tough. And uh, my aunt thought if I get married, then it's going to divert my mind, and uh, the thing with someone will kind of make me stay here. So she thought my commitment would be way different, just being married or staying with her. So that's what I did, and it wasn't easy too because, uh, like, getting married was the last thing on my mind. I was only twenty-five, and I thought. I still have a few years to kinda get on with my life and get on my feet before getting married. So that was the last thing on my mind.
0: All right. So so you're you're subscribing to the distraction by marriage. (laughs) <laughs> roots. so so you you've come over here you're staying with your aunt you you wanted to get back she recommended you you get married to take your mind off things to maybe start settling down and getting some roots um i imagine it would have been really quite challenging during that whole time and you know just emotional and mentally and not only just the financial burden so so walk me through a few of the steps on on how you slowly started um getting over some of those hurdles
1: it was very tough. Like, uh, even for our wedding, we had no money. And my, uh, my aunt here, she pitched in to help, uh, help me out. But I'd, tell, I'd like to tell you or share the story how I met Davina.
0: Oh, that would be a uh, great idea. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because it is something very unique. Uh,
1: like, I didn't know anyone out here. wasn't meeting any people. So my aunt, like, within a week, she would come from work, and I would see her just going through her phone book and phoning all her friends she had in a in phone book. And she did that for, for a week. And that was my first taste of networking here. I was amazed, like, how these this ladies worked. And within a week, uh, she, found, she had a friend in Surrey who had a cousin. And uh, that happened to be Zavina. She lived in Eversport. And it was the same story for her. She came from Fiji. She was 25. And uh, she left all her friends behind. And she was ready to go back, uh, back home as
0: well. So you're you're telling me that your aunt picked up the phone, her phone book, and started calling all her friends to try and try <laughs> yes. and try and hook Nishal up so he didn't have to go back home.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny, but it, it, it worked. It worked. And
0: and, and lo and a... behold, you met somebody who was in an a almost identical situation to you were in.
1: The good thing was uh, about Zevinna was she came as a landed immigrant. And uh, so she had a good life, and she was bored in, in living in Evertsford with her, with her family. So she was ready to move on, go back to Fiji, and we, we guys just put in touch. And so we met at one of her, her cousin's place in Surrey. And we were just put in front of everyone in a room, and we were asked, like, you guys want to marry each other? And coming from a real different background, respecting your elders and uh, things like that, we couldn't say no, so we, we just said yes. And uh, and that was the start of our journey.
0: Okay, so, so you, it was, was this the first time that you you were introduced and met her?
1: That was the very first time I met her. I never seen her, not even a picture.
0: And and the the family and the relatives were were putting putting the pressure to you as uh, Are you going to get each other? Are you going to marry each other? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy moly! There was lots
1: of pressure on both of us. And then the thing is, like within four weeks, we had our our wedding and we were married.
0: Within four, since, within four weeks of meeting each other, you were married. We,
1: yes, yeah, and we never we never had a chance to go on a date, know each other. I still remember we made two phone calls, and that was just to set up some things for the wedding, and that was it.
0: Wow, you know, some people sit there and they go, "Geez, uh, they're trying to find their soulmate for years and years and things like that," and and, and you had uh, you had four weeks from meeting to to marriage, so. So yeah. I, I, I know the story, the full story, but uh, of, of um, where you guys are now, but maybe just continue along the way. So that would be just a, an incredible thing to overcome as, you know, landed here. No, don't know anybody. You've just met somebody and four weeks later, you're married. So walk me through that process.
1: Yeah. So that, that's the definition of, our, of an arranged marriage, Russell. That's how it works. And uh, I won't recommend this to anyone, but it definitely worked for us. And I'm so lucky. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to have uh, Zarina in our life, and we have two great boys, and we have just have an awesome family here.
0: Did it have any challenges that you you, you thought of uh, or that you encountered? Obviously, there would be probably challenges that you have to overcome, but uh, would that be add just another layer of uh, complexity to this to a relationship?
1: Uh, you know, I think it worked in our favor because we had no friends here, and uh, as soon as we got married, we got together. We became really good friends. So that really worked in
0: our favor. So you actually, you can think about the, this this real estate story that we're going to get to is is actually a love story that we're gonna we're we're coming into, <laughs> if you will.
1: <laughs> it all started with a love story.
0: Nice, and then doesn't it always happen that way? So so what an incredible story! I did not know uh, the full background about the. Uh, I knew that you came over from Fiji, and I knew you didn't have any money in your pocket, but I didn't know the whole thing about uh, Navina and, and wonderful things like that. And you guys have an incredible uh, family, too. You have two boys. What, what's their names? Uh,
1: Neville and Jaden.
0: Yeah, and uh, if any of you have been following the RAIN material on the blog, you'll see Neville, who, who was uh, on our stage at the RAIN stage. He bought his first property when he was was he 12, or was he 13? Uh,
1: 12 years old.
0: 12 and now he's how old is he now he's 14 14 and he's been a rain member since he was like 11 wasn't it Ah, uh, yes and he sits in the front row right beside the shawl and he takes the best notes and he listens and he fully uh implements and he comes up and he asks these amazing questions so you have a an incredible young family there and i also your youngest son was just at recently at the um, rain kids event we had and how did he enjoy that
1: he loved it, and he couldn't stop talking about uh, Don Campbell on the way home. And he was so intrigued; he wants to join Rain as well. So
0: wow! So so, let me just go into that conversation about how uh, about how getting your how important it is to you to have your whole family aligned and involved in this conversation of real estate.
1: It is it is absolutely great. Like it helps you a lot uh, knowing your whole family is behind you to supporting your business. And uh, I think that's that's how it's been helping us. And everything we do, it all revolves revolves on the family and uh, and real estate.
0: Right, family first. Fam- family has to be first. Yeah. Nice. So, so what is what is your your governing um, intention, if if will, or or your calling in life? What is that? Or maybe you're still searching for that. But what what's what keeps you inspired and what lights you up, my friend?
1: Uh, it is it is my family. And uh, from how we started, it's been really tough. And everything just goes back to family. And uh, the main purpose in my life is, uh, like this, this I learned from Tony Robbins, I've been, I've been attending his seminar, uh, to feel and know that the purpose of my life is to be present in the energy and life that is me and uh, living in my full and unlimited creative potential and inspiring others to do the same all the time
0: nice that sounds like you have you've uh you've had that written out for a while and you're you're now embodying that because i see when people encounter you is they walk away after talking with you about just uh such an inspirational story and i'll tell you what from that background and that story you just shared of you know really i don't think too many people have uh too many excuses about getting things done because i don't think i don't think too many people could have overcome the roadblocks that were put in front of them. But there's something special about you, my friend.
1: Thanks. It's, it's just a time you put in working in ourselves. Like, uh, end of the day, it, it is not about money. It's about what we are becoming every day as a person and as a family, as a husband, as a dad, and as an inspiration to other people I meet.
0: Great message. I love that. So, so let me just ask the question, and maybe in a transition here, is um, how— it sounds like you've done an awful lot of work and you've you know, found your passion, found your calling, found what lights you up. How does real estate fit within that or um, how does real estate investing support your um, passion of life?
1: It supports in a, in a huge way. Like I can do anything I want right now. And uh, I have lots of time with my family. And like from, even from my upbringing here, when I started out, uh, going through all the adversity, and uh, I forgot to to share the first part of uh, uh, my working life here. And uh, like my first year of here was washing cars uh, in the winter, and that's what really made me me a person. Because uh, coming from a tropical country like Fiji, and just out there washing cars all day long for four months, that wasn't fun at all. So I learned so much from that. And I always, go, if I'm stuck in my real estate investing, I always go back. And uh, and 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 check, see what I, I've been through. So so that's what I, like. Every time I think about this, it it, it gives me goosebumps. And uh, like that's what you know, my real real lesson uh, of life here in Canada. It was really tough, and uh, we just keep keep learning from that and moving on.
0: And maybe I didn't flesh out the whole part of the story, is obviously you had to make ends meet. During the whole time, you know, you so you you washed cars year round, and you know, in in, uh, in Vancouver, essentially. What other things did you guys have to do? Uh, did you take on multiple jobs? Did your wife have to work too? What uh, what did you do to make ends meet?
1: Yeah, it wasn't only that. Uh, when when after we got married, Zerina was the only one who was working and supporting us because we were living in in a basement in Surrey, and since I had no working visa, no one would hire me. But uh, our landlord, he owned a car wash business, and I asked him if I could uh, just come and work at his place. And so he hired me. For four months, he never paid me because I had no sin number. And so I, I basically worked for free for four for months, but eventually he paid me. And uh, we just kept going, and that's where I learned so much about, about life here. And, uh, and I have no reason to complain because I'm just so grateful uh, for the position where we are in life, life right now.
0: So, literally, you did whatever it took to to get the job done and to make ends meet. Would you think that there might be either a moment or a gradual process where where things turned the corner for you? Uh, Yes. After, um, in 2002, Zevina got pregnant, and
1: uh, we we didn't know what to do. We had no place to, like, we had a place to live. It was just a one-bedroom basement, and... uh, we just wanted a place of our own. So we just went to the TD branch here in Fleetwood uh, to see if we could get a loan. And uh, we were refused. And the reason was we had no credit history. We were new to the country, even though we had some down payment money saved. So that really confused us because um, we are not used to the system, in, F- unlike Fiji, where you have, when you have no credit. The banks, they willingly give you money. But it was Totally different here, so we had to learn the system. And uh, our realtor said the only way we can get into a home is if you purchase, or if if you somehow increase your income. So we had no choice. I couldn't get a job in my field because I've I came from a in, with an engineering background, and uh, no one would hire me. I even offered to work for free, and companies they still refused, saying no, you don't have any any job history here. So. I worked from the car wash place to to a bottle depot sorting out bottles, and then in a warehouse picking orders. And uh, after that, I started doing two jobs. So I would work from 8 to 4, 30 in a warehouse, and from 5 to 2 in the morning at a lumber yard just to increase my income. So I did that for one year, and then we managed to qualify for a loan uh, for $230,000, but uh, Within one year, the price had shifted in Surrey, and we couldn't afford. So we moved to Abbotsport, and we were commuting back and forth. And that was tough, because we only had one vehicle. So Zavina would come with me in the morning, and uh, she would finish her job at 4.30, and then she would sleep at the Lumbaya till 2 in the morning, then we would drive home together. So that was tough, and then I was walking seven days. She would walk five, and uh, get a sacrifice, she put... Uh, in, in our in our uh, life, just to get going. And the, the good thing from this was we managed to buy a house in Abbotsford uh, in 2003, and that was our first family home.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm just taking down notes, and I'm actually just quite speechless of... Uh... To the 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 level that you you've taken to do whatever it takes, like you literally were working from eight till four, and then the second job was five till two, and your wife was working and she was sleeping where you where you were working, and you saved up enough money for a down payment, and you worked yes. for that full year so you could qualify for a mortgage. I, I'm uh, I'm I'm sitting there going, I'm looking in, in my life and everybody I've talked to go, you know what's what's my excuse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is absolutely no excuse in Riceville, uh, Russell. That's what I learned. Even though like doesn't matter how much adversity you go through, there's always an outcome which is gonna work in your favor. There's always
0: it has to Wow. So you're into your place in Abbotsford and uh, you you know time the market fairly I would imagine fairly well from there. Um what um when did you start thinking about um getting into a foray into real estate investing.
1: Yeah, so so we stayed there for one year and that commute was just killing us because I was feeling so bad for Zarina, like she'd be away from home for so long. And then she'd spend another eight hours just sleeping at at work with me, just to bring me home. And uh, we were not spending much time with Neville, but we were lucky. Uh, Zarina's parents were in Eversford, and they were helping us out to look after Neville. And, uh, but the main thing was, I was barely spending any time with Neville, and I was working seven days. So we decided to sell the house in Abbotsford and move back to Surrey. So within one year, we sold the house after paying all the fees. We made $50,000. And uh, when I looked at, 50, at the $50,000 back then, it was more money than I made uh, doing uh, working both jobs combined. And uh, that really piqued my interest. But the thing was, like we used that money as a down payment for our house in Surrey.
0: And That was fifty thousand dollars tax free too, if you will, because it was your personal residence.
1: Yeah, and then being an immigrant new to the country like fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money. But like compared to the market near where you blink, and there's an appreciation of another fifty thousand dollars. But it, it was a lot of money back in two thousand and four.
0: Right. So then you, you moved into Surrey, you took the money you made from your first place, moved into Surrey What was the next uh what was the next move you made? So that was in two thousand and four. Like I, I was
1: still doing two jobs, working seven days. Then I was doing uh, a job, and uh, I had so much interest about real estate. But uh, the money blueprint I had from back home was uh, just to put money in the bank, and as long as there's money in the bank at the, end of the day when you're going to bed, like everything is good. But uh, realistically, it doesn't that doesn't work. Like your money has to be working for you, even when when you're sleeping. So. I kept thinking about investing for about four or five years. But in the meantime, I was going to all these different seminars and, and reading books. And I met lots of flaky guys who tried to sell me real estate. And I didn't buy. But the book which changed my life was when after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's when I got really serious and, uh, and purchased a place in Mission. So that was in 2009.
0: Okay, so we're now 2009, so you're still living in Surrey. Were you still working the two jobs, or were you, have you downsized just into one? What? Uh, how are things looking, and when did your, your second son come along?
1: So we, we purchased that place in Mission as a rent-to-own, uh, and I left my job. I was just doing one job, and uh, we were really excited about our very first investment property. But that didn't work out too well for us, and I'm so glad we just sold it uh, last month and uh, from there it wasn't working out too well there was someone there for one year it was vacant for one whole year we were paying all the expense from our savings and then we rented out so it just kept repeating and uh, I met someone who guided me into, into multifamily so back then it was like really small triplexes fourplexes and that's where I started
0: Hang on, back up one second here. So you, you bought the place in Mission on a rent-to-own, you had a rent-to-own tenant in there, and it sat vacant for an entire year?
1: Yeah, so that was in 2009. Yeah. They stayed for a an year, and uh, things happened in their life, they couldn't afford the payment anymore, so they moved out.
0: Then you just, and, uh, you just recently sold that place? Yes, yeah. How did you do? The markets obviously turned around quite a bit. Did you do well? Did you make money off that place? Uh, No, we didn't make money. Uh, We overpaid
1: when we purchased this uh, a while ago. Mm -hmm. And it was all part of our learning. Like, we learned so much from this. It's unbelievable. And my my whole investing career right now is just based on the building, about uh, self management, location, and dealing with the social problem of uh, the tenant. And uh, if there's a single tenant, the rent stops. And then what happened? So I learned a lot from this. But uh, coming back to your question, Russell. Uh, so the tenant stayed for one year, and uh, they moved out. We put the property back on the market for sale, and it was on the market for one year themselves. So we put it as a rental on again, and someone lived there, and the same thing happened. So the last tenant, we had to evict him, and then we put the property back on the market, and we just sold it.
0: Wow. So so your your first real what you might call a real estate investment didn't go according to plan either, did it 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 was actually not kind at of a, all, not a, at all an alligator from you, so it just it just reaffirmed your your commitment to 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 make this make this sucker work, didn't you?
1: yes, so in the last for the last seven years we owned the that, that property. It was vacant for two years uh, one was in two, from two thousand ten in two thousand eleven and then uh, two thousand fourteen and two thousand fifteen. So It was taken for like two years within the last seven years. and uh, we, just, we just had to, we had to uh, keep paying the mortgage and uh, and get going.
0: Well, wow. You know what? Most, most people would have probably just given up at that, that point. You know, it, it really hasn't turned out other than, you know, your personal residences that have done well for you. Um, your first foray just really did not work out well for you, did it at, at all. So, so what made you want to take the big, the next leap? So what was the next leap after that place out in Mission? Did you get into Timmins then or what was the next, uh, the next step to the story? So
1: I was doing my research and through someone I found Timmins. And I flew there, I did my, my research and everything. And the numbers really good, good back then when I was in Timmins. So we started buying really small triplexes, fourplexes, and just get kept, kept going. So we pretty much buy buildings every year since the 2010, 2009,
0: 2010 in Timmins. When you say the numbers, were you just talking like the economic fundamentals that like, you learn as a, as a RAIN member or, or were you a RAIN member at that time? When did you join? I joined Rain in 2012. Okay. What did it mean by the numbers looked good? Was it just like a cash flow basis? What, uh, how did you base your, your analysis at that time?
1: Uh, back then, it was just based on cash flow.
0: And there was strong cash flow in Timmins?
1: Very strong cash flow, yes.
0: Nice. So, so <laughs> I have to I have to say this, brother. Uh, you, it, it was quite the big leap to go from you know it, you know you invested in your backyard mission and hadn't really turned out that well, and then all of a sudden now you're buying in in a place you'd never been before. You're buying triplexes and fourplexes, and you just kind of got a little groove going on there. What 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 did uh, what made you want to do that? What made you decide that? Uh,
1: honestly, it wasn't easy because first of all, the property was out of town. And there was money involved going back and forth, uh, setting up my team and and looking for properties. Um, but from my experience, like what was happening in Mission, I thought multifamily is the is the best way to to own to own real estate because if one tenant moved out, there are a few other tenants who are paying my mortgage and just to keep the cash flow going rather than just having it all vacant at once. So that was my main reason to venture out into multifamilies and uh, and uh, kind of moving out of town because of the price. Because money was so limited for us back then, and uh, putting a large down payment on a place say, here in Vancouver or in the Lower Mainland was, was out a range for us back then.
0: So, where did you get your did you get your capital from? Was it just straight um, from just savings, or or where did you get your capital?
1: I actually borrowed money from from families, and uh, we refinanced our house here in Surrey and took all the capital out and put that in tenants.
0: Okay, so that was back in if I got my numbers straight here, that was 202010. And yes. since 2010, so just, you know, 6 6 years, you've amassed 151 rental units there, have you not? Uh, 162. 162, sorry, my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just lose track <laughs> after 140, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, after 100 is like it means almost nothing. You just keep going.
0: Wow. So, so that afforded you now. So then fast forward. So you just were doing that. Were you doing it all with your own capital? Were you raising money from others? How were you able to qualify for mortgages? I just, I just need to know because everyone who's listening to this going, they, I've got the question to go, how did he do all this? Because I want to do this. So, so what, was, uh, what was your process along the, uh, the journey along the way? And, and um, also, when did you become a RAIN member? And, and let's talk about that as well.
1: It is all about relationship, Russell. Like, this business is all about relationship. It has to be with your bank and the people you meet, other investors in town. And I had a really good relationship with the bank I was dealing with back then. So they were willingly financing all my smaller buildings back then. So I just kept in buying smaller buildings. And as uh, things changed in the economy. The financing rules changed. I had to kind of venture out into larger larger multifamilies. But the reason I joined Rain was... Uh, in 2011, I had some extra cash, and uh, we purchased properties in, in Las Vegas. We bought two sorry, two fourplexes, and uh, that didn't work out really well for us because as soon as the tenants found out we were from out of the country, they stopped paying rent, and uh, they started uh, moving or taking out uh, the air conditioning units from the roof and selling. And So I had to sell that, that one really quick. And so we sold that and uh, we had about $100,000 and we invested with someone in in Phoenix. And that fellow, he took off with our money because he was supposed to do a fix and flip. And we've never seen a penny from that. And uh, that was one of the main reasons I got into larger multifamilies multifamily because I was just feeling so bad. I thought I had let my family down. And uh, I'm so grateful that we now are still 100% supportive. We are still married. It's a good thing. And uh, so somehow I had to get that money back. And uh, honestly, that experience, it really sucked a lot of energy out of me. But gave me more than enough momentum and focus to, to focus on, on buildings which are 30 units or more. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad I managed to recoup that money within a year from refinancing and, and, and flipping some properties there. Wow. So I learned so much from that.
0: Holy moly all <laughs> this the more we dive into this story the deeper and deeper it gets so so you're the place in Vegas and Phoenix you decided to f- go outside of what you're you were you know successful in and, and you had lost some money and then you'd um, made that back by your properties that you multifamilies in Timmins and then and um you said something earlier about relationships and banks uh do you have one bank or do you have multiple banks where are you getting? Uh, these mortgages from?
1: Uh, for my for my larger multifamilies, I usually deal with uh, FESH National, and my main contact there is uh, Abby McGuire. She's a ring number two, and she knows my file really well. And as soon, the good thing about her is as soon as uh, she gets my file, she expedites everything and she gets it done in no time. So that's why I was saying it is so important to have that good relationship with your bank, and things are just going to roll in no time,
0: right. So you had mentioned in 2012 that you had joined Rain, and um, at that time, what was your portfolio size uh, in 2012 about? I had about 60 units. Six zero, okay. Yes. What? Uh, how was Rain able to help you in the next step and supporting you to to get to the next or or you know someone who's 60 units? They might go. Someone out there who's listening to this might go well. You know, I got 60 units already. I don't need any help or support. So so maybe just share a little bit of somebody who was quote unquote uh, had a portfolio and how Rain was able to help that.
1: Uh for me, I attended an ACRE event. I think it was in 2007-2008. And the only reason I didn't join Rain, I thought it was too expensive. And I and I had to lose $100,000 to realize that I sh- <laughs> I should have joined RAIN at that time and I wouldn't have lost my $100,000. So it just came, it all came back. And I was so worried at home that when I said, I think you must go back to RAIN and start doing things the right way so we can learn from this, move on, and not make that mistake again. So after I joined RAIN, I had to get my uh, investment criteria all reset and everything. And that's when everything changed. Everything changed after that. And, uh, Within the last uh, three years, I managed to, to pay to another 100 units and, and quit my job. So that's what Rain provided me, the guidance, the support, and the amazing people, the, the amazing support, support system which, which Rain has. It's not only uh, the office, but the members we meet for networking and, and, the, and, the, and the members who are investing in town. So like, it, it makes such a difference than just being on your own. And trying to recreate that wheel which takes twice as long and in my case cost me hundred thousand dollars
0: wow so that was actually the two hundred dollars a month for the premium membership is was actually a small and good very small investment at that time compared to what it cost you in the long run yes yeah absolutely russell wow so nice very nice so so you've um You've managed to get 151 units, and you've just recently left your job. Now, I, I see the the power in that of you know. So, literally within 15 years, you've gone from coming here with nothing to working literally seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I would imagine retiring from a quote unquote job would have been a a, a huge celebration and accomplishment, and in, in a feather in the cap, if you will.
1: Absolutely, it's been a huge. On my family, because uh, my boys growing up, uh, honestly, I know I could have spent so much time with them, but I was just so busy doing two jobs and doing so many different things. And with my job in the way, I just couldn't take time off and spend time with them. But now it is just so different. And uh, I make sure my days are just blocked out for the lunchtime with my boys. And I go with them in, in school. I hug them during lunch. Not Neville, but the younger one. And I just see them playing during lunch. Like it's, it's such an amazing feeling just being there. And the boys know I'm there to support them all the time. It's, it's just
0: fabulous. Wow. So you've literally gone from working around the clock and not seeing your family to eventually um, investing in real estate. And now you can spend your time almost 100% with your family.
1: Absolutely. And the other thing is, I have met so many people like on -on one-on-one in the last few months than I've met them in the last few years because with all the time I have, I can just uh, drop what I'm doing at home and I can just go meet them, support them, inspire people. Like that's what I love to do. And uh, I just come back home so inspired, so full of energy when I do this. And I think that's where my true feeling are, just being out there helping people. And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful I can do that now.
0: Wow. Nice. What a story. Holy moly. You know, we I had, I had a list of questions here, but it's amazing on how we literally covered, you know, I was going to ask you a question about what do you feel has been your greatest challenge and adversity? And it's just like your entire life has been a, an overcoming adversity, hasn't it?
1: My biggest adversity is uh, was when I came here and I made a decision to come here. And uh, it's, uh, it's something to do with health issues with Zavina right now. Like she has some issues with uh, some rare cells in her body, which is uh, kind of cancerous, and we found this out two weeks ago. So it's been a he it's been huge on us, and uh, and she's going for her surgery next week. So hopefully everything goes really well. So like in the end, Russell, honestly, nothing matters in life. Doesn't matter how much money you have, but when something like this happens really close. So we are hoping everything goes well, and so that's where we are. And I think that's the biggest adversity we're going through right now in life.
0: Hmm, I had not heard that. I, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, my friend. So yeah, yeah. Our our all our thoughts and prayers are, are are with you and your family. And and it's incredible that you can you can be there and spend the time with her during this time. And and I'm sure um I, I'm sure everything's going to turn out well.
1: Yes, and the thing is, I'm so grateful for my my investing. I could be home, and I've been. Going to appointments with with savina and i i I'm with her all the time and uh, without this real estate I, I don't think I would have been able to give her my hundred percent support the way i can I can do right now so like this is what real estate can provide you
0: wow so so maybe I can ask you this question is um is what what do you need help with and support with right now? Is there anything that we can do and be of help and support and what what do you need right now, my friend?
1: I just need the prayers for Zevina so she gets well and she comes out fine and, and really strong. She's staying very optimistic, and, and we know for sure like she will come out strong in the end. And uh, I'm also grateful for all the opportunities this amazing country has provided me and my family. And it's just fabulous. And uh, I'm also looking forward to help and inspire as many people as I can. And I think the greatest gift for me would be to see other people change their lives and uh, go and live their beliefs, as as Don says, all the time.
0: Wow, brilliant. So you're talking about that you're giving back and you're helping, and that's literally what this this community of like-minded real estate investors are all about. So I have a fun question here I'm going to ask of you. Um, Let me check, Mark. I have a, a question here I'm going to ask of you. Of You know, if, if you ever had a chance to go back and talk to 18-year-old Nishal, and uh, he was uh, sitting in a chair across from you and all the things that you've gone through and adversities and challenges in your life, um, what would be the best advice that you would give 18-year-old Nishal uh, before he gets going on his journey of life?
1: The first thing I would say, join rain, where you can learn things like the absolute right way to invest in real estate and leverage on the knowledge, tap on the knowledge, and as you always say, stand on the shoulders of giants and take your business to the next level and uh, have a property criteria checklist. When I started, I was just running for the silver spoon all the time. I was doing different things, losing money. And when I had my property criteria checklist in place, I stayed on track and uh, I gained so much momentum from that because I was taking everything out of, my, of whatever was coming to my desk and just was just focused 100% on what was on my list. And it makes it easy for the realtors too to narrow down your search and, and help you out. And uh, it helps in avoiding analysis paralysis because when I was starting out, I was analyzing everything. And there were just too many numbers. And I wasn't taking enough action. And once I narrowed everything down, It just started happening. Things started working for me. Uh, The other thing I would say is network with other investors uh, or property owners uh, in the area you're investing. Uh, Right now, 100% of the buildings I'm purchasing, it is all through my connections, networking, and the relationships I've built in the past with other people. Uh, The other thing I would say is form a mastermind group uh, with like-minded people. That has helped immensely. Uh, staying on track and being accountable as well. And it was because of this group, Russell, I managed to quit my job. Because uh, I started, we started this group in 2014. And one of my goals was to leave my job. And I just couldn't because I was so attached to it. And for one year, we were just going back and forth, looping. And uh, I was always full of excuses, saying, I still have to work. and But it's a very small, intimate group of five people. And we share everything, our numbers and everything. And so they looked at my numbers, they go, you must leave your job to take your business to the next level. And they made me accountable. I was still saying, going back and forth. And I still remember last year, it was about 10 o'clock in the night. They made me take my phone out and call my manager to say, this is my notice to leave the job. And uh, that's the accountability and uh, the support system which a mastermind can provide. And... I didn't call him at ten in the night, I did call I did talk to him the next day and gave him a one year notice to leave my job. And it was all through the support of my mastermind group. And the other thing I would suggest is it's working on yourself as you are working in your business because it definitely accelerates the path to financial freedom when you are working on yourself than just in your business.
0: Wow. <laughs> How powerful were those, those lessons? So ladies and gentlemen, if you hadn't had a pen and paper yet, you, you better grab one now to just rewind that and listen to all those. Again, you know, how key is that about having a key group of people, a mastermind group of people that hold you accountable to what you're saying you're going to do? Unbelievable. Well done. So, um, what's next for you, Nichelle? What's, uh, what's, what's on the horizon and what do you see in your future, my friend?
1: I'm working on purchasing bigger buildings. I'm still doing my research. I'm still working on my connections and working with my family. And I'm also working on getting my real estate licensing so I can help people in the lower mainland because I meet a lot of people. Uh, they want to invest, but their, their fear is investing out of town. So I always prefer these, these fellow investors to my other realtor friends. And I thought if I can help them out, and make some money on the side too, I'll do that. So that's the reason I'm getting a real estate life thing. And, and I'm also open to helping people as I go because life is all about giving. And uh, it's not about money. I know we talk about money all the time, but it's just a byproduct. And we're not going to take anything with us. It's just the memories we leave behind. And, and that's what I focus on right now.
0: Wow amen to that brother (laughs) you know Nichelle. before we do wrap up here i just wanted to um just wanted to take a a few minutes to acknowledge um uh, your vulnerability and thank you for sharing that incredible story that that is the definition my friend of overcoming an adversity after an adversity after an adversity and doing it with a smile on your face and coming out better on the other side and you know i've had many a chance to have um Encounters with you and meet you personally. And you are probably one of the most genuine, giving, um, infectious smile human beings I've ever met. So I just want to acknowledge you for being just such an incredible human being. So, so thank you for that.
1: Thank you so much, Russell.
0: Yeah. Now, so uh, where do you hang out these days? Are you on any social media channels? If somebody wanted to, uh, um, Reach out to you, and maybe they were as touched by this by your story as I was. Uh, uh, where would be the best place to get in contact with you, Nishal?
1: Absolutely, uh, I can be reached at the, uh, through my website, which is uh, uh, Freedom Forty Investments, which
0: is four zero. Yeah, Freedom 4040 four Investments.
1: Investments.com. dot com. Nice. Okay. Yeah, and uh, on the very last page there's a contact page. You can just uh, shoot me an email, and then I'll I'll call you back. And the same thing on Facebook. I'm really big on Facebook, and uh, my page is all about inspirational and and gratitude. So you can reach me there. And even on Twitter, you can reach me at from Nishal. So I can be reached on Facebook, Twitter, and through my website.
0: Right on. And we'll we'll link up all these uh, coordinates. If anybody, where you're listening to this page, you can hook up with Nishal and maybe reach out to him and ask him a couple questions and just, you know, even just, Send to him and tell him how inspiring his story is. Literally, he has overcome some of the greatest possible things that any human being can can do. So, Michelle, thank you very much for spending the time on this and sharing your incredible message with the world.
1: Well, thank you so much, Russell, and the rest of the rain team for being part of our success and journey in in Noah in, in Investing. And also, thank you so much for the opportunity to share my my story with the rest of the members. And hopefully I've inspired people because inspiration is, is what I believe in inspiration. And motivational is just like a warm bath. Once the feeling is gone, it's gone. But inspiration is what lasts. So hopefully I've inspired a lot of people to go there and take actions. And if you need help and support, you can just shoot me an email and I'll be really happy to help you out
0: right on. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, ladies and gentlemen, after hearing all of that, um number 1 is we we our prayers are being sent out to to your beautiful wife and a speedy recovery. And ladies and gentlemen, literally in this mans vocabulary, there's no such thing as excuse. So, Russell Westcott signing off from the Real Estate Investment Network until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Bye for now you've just listened to the latest building real estate wealth episode and on behalf of the entire team at the real estate investment network, I wanted to thank you for your time. Feel free to share this episode with a family member or a friend and help inspire somebody in your life. If you're feeling inspired and moved by this amazing story and would like to author your very own real estate success story, I would like to invite you to take the next steps that are right for you. If you're not sure where to start, the following three steps will set you up on the pathway to success. First, Use a real estate investing system that has been tested in all market conditions. Next, make sure you surround yourself with like-minded investors and finally take some action. A membership within the Rain family will help you accomplish all three and put you firmly on the pathway to success. You can always go to raincanada.com or you can call 1-888-824-7346 to make sure that this is a fit for you or if you have any questions. Once again, thank you for your time and we look forward to helping you author your real estate success story.